Hey, I'm Max Kafka, and you're listening to the Dojo Business Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with today's top dojo leaders and learn what they really do every day. Today we're talking with Joe Lozon, 26-time UFC fighter and all-time bonus leader. He's got an amazing school in Massachusetts with a team of professional fighters on top of that. What you're going to hear from Joe is some real actionable and technical advice on how to grow your gym. He has a unique perspective coming from a background in computer science and IT, so you'll see how he uses data and technology to give his business the best possible advantage. Let's jump right into the interview. I'm really excited to talk to you and kind of figure out how you got started. And obviously, we'll talk a little bit about your UFC career, but it's kind of a big yep. mix because you got a professional team there. You got a team of just regular people. And then you got to obviously have both to make the business work. So I guess to kick it off, when did you start your school? What year? So it became, so when I started training, my, my, my coach was Joe mm-hmm. Pomfret. The name of the school is Reality Self-Defense, right? Which back, back like 20 years ago, wasn't a terrible name for a school. You know, it's like, it's all, oh, it's realistic. It's going right. to actually work. Um, but then we, I'd go out for fights and we're always getting like from reality self-defense and people are in the crowd are like talking shit and like, and so it wasn't, it wasn't good branding. So for a long time we came out as team aggression and, um, and that was, that obviously was a lot better than reality self-defense. And then as time went on, I was doing a lot more at the gym and then I got in the UFC. I had a couple fights in the UFC and then, uh, I was thinking about, I was, I was definitely going to go and start my own gym. This is like 2009, I think. So 2009. So I was going to start my own gym, but I knew that if I, if I went and started my own gym, I would have like completely like gutted my right. current gym, which I love. I love, I love reality. I love Joe Pomfret. And I was running a lot more classes and like that. I didn't have anything to do really business wise as far as like that kind of stuff. But like I was running most of the classes. I was, you know, kind of like the go-to guy most of the time. Um, so it was decided between Joe Pomfret and I that instead of me going and starting my own gym, he would make me the majority owner on in reality. So we, we rebranded it to Lozon MMA. Um, and then, and I put a whole bunch of money into the gym when we moved. So, um, so that all kind of, it all kind of worked out, but so like, it's been like 11 okay. years now. No. Yeah. 11 and years. You kind of yeah. like you, it sounds like you were really starting the UFC at the same time as you were starting the gym. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was in the UFC for a couple years before, um, uh, maybe like two or three years before. Um, but like, I knew nothing about running a right. gym. I knew zero. You know what I mean? I, I knew how to run. I knew how to run classes. I knew how to, you know, do that stuff. But I didn't know anything about any of the business side of things, like at all. I was like a a no stripe white right. belt at business. You know, like I kind of I understood. I understood rough business, but I had no idea like what I was getting. It's kind of interesting, right? Usually, the way that it works is when I talk to people, they have their professional, you know, competition career, whether it's jujitsu, boxing, MMA, yep. and then you know towards the later years, the twilight years, they're kind of like, okay, I got to prepare and do a school, but you did it kind of at the same time was, which is interesting and different. Um, so what are you at right now as far as student count with mid COVID and everything? Um, so obviously with all the COVID stuff happened, I, I would say we're probably like 250 still or so. I would guess school. Still, yeah. yeah. So, yep. So we had, we had our best month. So pre-COVID, February of this year was our best month ever, right? So um, we had a couple like Novembers that maybe did a teeny bit more just because like we do like Black Friday stuff and things like that. But as far as grossing and overall, we had our best month ever in February of this year. 
which I'm like, you know, we're making momentum. It's like, you know, cause we sign up, we probably sign up like 30 people a month, but then you lose a few, you know, you get so many members, you lose a few every month, you know? So it's like, okay, we signed up 30, but we lost 11. Okay. So we netted a positive of the, you know, 19 or whatever. So we're, we're always like, we're always up and down, up and down a little bit, you know, but every month generally creeps up a little bit. So we get to COVID and then complete nosedive, right. you know, like I think, you know, like a, a lot of, a lot of gyms, you know, and what, what we found was that a lot of our people that have been around a long time, they had no problem paying, even though they weren't training and they weren't really getting what they, what they, what we wanted to give them. Uh, but they had no problem paying. So we probably lost like 40% of our members, but we lost like 60% of our right. gross. Right. Because a, a lot of our members have been around, around for a long time. They were paying a little bit less because they were grandfathered in. They've been around for years and years and years. Uh, our newer members were paying a little right. bit more and they were the ones that, 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 that cut ties yep. like right away. And, and I completely understand that. Like, I, I understand that, you know, like it's, it's different when it's, you know, when you, you're in your first month of the gym versus when you've been there for, you know, right. six years. You don't have, right. You, know? you don't have the same relationship with the people, with the instructors. And also it feels a little bit more transactional. Every school is in that, which you touched upon, which is you have your early adopters and they're grandfathered in. And you reward them for that. Yep. And they're never going to leave. And they're the window yes. dressing to sign up the pe other people, you know? So I totally understand. You know, and some people, some people, when, when their rates go up, like they, they move all their old members up to that new rate. They, they inflate their rate. We've never done that. We've always kept people like, whatever you sign up at, that's where you're going to stay. You know, if you, if you left for a long time and came back, then it's, it's a different story. Usually we kind of meet them in the middle right. somewhere, but, um, but yeah, like people that, you know, like we're not going to go up on your, this is great. Payments. This is exactly what people are going to yeah. want to hear about the nitty gritty details. Um, so what'd you do before you owned a school? Obviously you're talking about the UFC, but you know, what'd you do with your computer science degree? So I, I got an MMA kind of on accident, right? So when I was a sophomore in high school, I played a lot of video games, a lot of like Starcraft and computer games and, you know, Nintendo 64 and all that stuff. So I basically, I realized that I was spending a lot of time playing mostly starcraft on the computer and i would basically like i would stay up to like two three in the morning i would go to sleep i'd sleep for like three four hours i would you know go to school i would get home i would start playing again i play till like again three four in the morning i'm like i'm wasting so much time like doing this i'm not getting exercise i'm not doing anything like you know i used to have like a lot of different things i would do i would play back at football i play baseball all this other stuff and i just i was doing it less and less because i was playing more and more video games and i basically just decided look i, I have to start doing something else so I started doing jujitsu and then I just kind of did it. Like I was just like, I've always been kind of the type to like, I get obsessed with like trying to get better at whatever, you know, like if right. I play a video game, if I play call of duty, right. I want to be the best possible version of best possible player call of duty as I can. Right. I want to like, I'm watching videos. I'm leading things on, you know, what's the best attachment for this gun or what's like, what's a good strategy. It's like, that's just, that's just how my brain works. Right. And in my entire life, when I play video games, I basically try to like break down the video game and almost like almost the point of not making the game fun anymore. <laughs> Like I want to like hundred percent stack the odds in my favor, hundred percent. And then, so I did that for video games. And then when I started jujitsu, I did the same thing. Like I had like, so I was like, I was one of the first guys in New England doing like a ton of footlocks. Right. So I was submitting, when I was like, I've been training like a year, year and a half and I was submitting black belts with footlocks. Cause they didn't know, they didn't know footlocks. So it's like, I got really good at heel hooks and straight ankles and toes and all that kind of stuff, knee bars. So um, that was just kind of my way to kind of like, kind of like jump the, the line a little bit and just beat guys that were better than me. So I was winning like absolute divisions and all sort of stuff. So then um, I went to, I went to college and I went to Wentworth in Boston, uh, Wentworth Institute of Technology and I have a computer science major. So I was training and I was doing well as a, as a, a local fighter, just having fun, you know, showing up to shows just with my, all my stuff in my bag, not even having a fight just in case, you know, someone dropped out. And 
Um, and I would work on the weekends to my dad a little bit, Saturday, Sunday. And I would basically, I would train Monday to Thursday. And then I would work on the weekends a little bit. And I would go to fights on Friday and Saturday night. And it just, it was just something I did throughout college. It was kind of like, I made a little bit of extra money. Um, I worked, I were, I didn't work a ton, but I worked a little bit on the weekends and then I, I made a little money fighting. Um, and it was, just, it was something fun for me. And then it got to the point where like, I was in my last, I was in my senior year at school. I was doing like senior project and all that kind of stuff. I'm like right at the very end because so Wentworth, you finish like your summer is like your last semester because there's co-ops. So I was in my last semester and we get a call to fight in the UFC. And at this point I had like, I had a great co-op I had been working at for like a year and a half. Um, they'd already offered me a full-time job. Um, you know, they just wanted me to finish school. They, they actually wanted me to, to drop out of school and, and go full-time right. there. But I'm like, no, 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 I have to, I have to finish school. I want to finish school. It was important to me. So then we got a call to fight in the UFC and I, I basically did everything. I worked, I went to school and I trained for my first fight in the UFC and did all that. I didn't sleep at all. And I was making websites, uh, for these, these poker websites. So I was doing like, I was doing like these four different things all at once, not sleeping at all. And it all just kind of worked out for me. But like, I never like, I never like set out to do MMA. Like it was just, it kind of happened by accident. Uh, but when I went to, I have a computer science degree. So, uh, I was basically a network. I was, I wasn't a network admin, but I was right under the network admin. You know, there's so much so like the company I went to had like 30 people when I started. Um, and when the, they basically brought me on, I was like basically just an assistant to the network admin that was there because he was just getting overwhelmed with all the work. So they brought me in to help him out, helped him out. And then he basically just up and quit one day. And then they offered me his job. And I'm like, that was when I told him like, Big dude, job. I have to, I have to, I have to finish school. Like I have like two semesters to go. I have to finish school. So they hired someone else, but I basically did like a lot of, it was more than tech support, but it was because it was a lot of yeah, like, IT. Um, like programmers, IT stuff, but like, but I was more so doing like the network kind of maintenance kind of stuff. Really interesting. So yeah. what made you, I guess, make the jump? Was it just purely passion based or did you say, I really see an opportunity in the UFC that this is kind of a trend that we're going to ride? So initially for my first fight in the UFC, so I took off the week before work. I fought on Saturday night. I knocked out Jens Pulver, which is supposed to be the opposite. He was supposed to knock me out. And then I went back to work on Monday. And that was in September, 2006. So I'm back to work on Monday. And now everyone, now I can't get anything done, right? Because anytime I try to get something done, it's like I have people in my, stop in my office nonstop, want to fight, you know, see what's going on. They see me coming all the time with like scratches on my face and Velcro on gloves and, you know, bruises and everything like that. And like, they'd always ask me like, what happened. I would always like, you know, play it out. Like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm a klutz. I walked into something or my brother hit me or whatever. You know, just always something funny. And, um, but now I can't hide it anymore. So, um, so, but I, I, so that was in September of 2006. So I, I went back to work until uh, the first week in January, first, second week in January, I left and went and did the ultimate fighter. So I took off two months, took a leave of absence. They knew what I was doing. I'm like, I got some personal thing. I got some family stuff I got to deal with. Uh, went and filmed the ultimate fighter, came back, went back to work again. I worked from like March to July, fought again in July. And then at this point, so BJ Penn was my coach on the ultimate fighter and he started BJPenn.com. So he was on, he's on there all the time. Like every week he'd call me out, Lozon, get out here, get out here, come out to Hawaii, come out, train, come out, train. And I'm like, it's so far away, it's so far from Boston. Like if I'm going to go out there, I got to go out there for a long time. So I basically decided that, you know, I, I had a, a good amount of money saved up from my first fight in the UFC and then my second fight in the UFC and the ultimate fighter or anything else. I had a whole bunch of money saved up. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell work. I'm going to take off and take a leave of absence, you know, indefinitely. And we'll see what happens. And if they told me if I want to come back, I can come back. But, like, I really didn't know if I wanted to, like, pursue fighting full-time, you know? 
Um, but I did know I didn't want to have regrets. Right. That was the big thing I knew. So like if, if I try to do, I just, I, I saw how it went for the first couple of fights, like trying to do everything at once, trying to work and have a professional career and trying to train. It's just, it was so hard. It was like, I was definitely dividing my time and I like, I, I couldn't fully commit to anything. Whereas if I just quit my job, I could fully commit to it. And, and my life's been so much better the last like 15 years now, because like I've, I've literally, you know, I eat, breathe and sleep training in, in martial arts and jujitsu and, and now, you know, running a business and stuff like that, you know, so it's, it's been a lot better. Um, you know, didn't, would never second guess it. Like you said, you're obsessive about this thing and being the best at the thing. It's hard when you got all those different competing interests. Yeah. You only got so much time. Yeah. Yep. So, That's it. Limited resource. You're most limited resource. So, uh, you know, you've got all these different programs at your school. You got a lot of professional guys that are trying to fight in the UFC, like Randy. And then you've also got your recreational students. And from knowing you a little bit and seeing your social media, and when I lived in Boston, I see that you're passionate about all of them. But is there one that kind of you're more passionate about? Is it the recreational students, the competition team, kids, adults? Um, you know, it, it's kind of, it's pretty even, you know, so obviously like the recreational people are the ones that keep the lights on, right. They're the ones that, that they make money for the gym, you know, like, but then all of the, all of the fighters who I like to work with just cause like the competitive side of me likes, likes that part of it. Um, they're like, that's like directly, it's basically like our, our marketing, you know, that's like, we don't spend a lot of money on marketing. You know, like we have these, these fighters that go out and they fight for us and they, they represent our gym and, you know, and that's kind of what happens there. So it's like, it's definitely like, that's how I justify the fighters. You know, like if I wanted to just focus on the gym making money, I would completely cut all the fighters loose and I would focus on like a kid's program and, 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 you know, teenagers and, you know, and then some recreational parents. Um, just because the problem with fighters is that all the fighters, they're, they're chasing that dream, right? They, 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 they're they not making enough money to quit their job. So they're working and then they're, they're trying to train, right? So like they're not working enough to have any money because they're working just enough so they can cover their bills. And then they're trying to train. And it's like, it's that really hard balance because like, if they don't train enough, they don't get anywhere. If they work too much, they don't get anywhere. It's like, it's, it's so hard to, to kind of make that happen. And then once they start to make money, now they don't want to pay you. <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't even like some people like, Oh, well, you, you work a percentage and you know, like, you know, you take a percentage and this is what happens and da da da. And like, but there's so many guys that like, as soon as they start making money, like, okay, I'm, I'm gone. Thanks for everything. See you later. And then just go, they're gone. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of hard. So like, um, so I don't get, I don't get too caught up in like the, you know, trying to make money off the fighters. I really don't. I just, I want to see them do well. Cause it's, uh, that kind of feeds my competitive side. Uh, and it, and it just, it, it does help. It does help, you know, market push. the right. gym. So, um, kind of rolls into the next one, which is what's your strongest program. You said kids and teens. Is that where you say, Hey, if I really double down, uh, no. So our, our our Nogi program is our strongest program for sure. Uh, mostly adults. Okay. You know, we have like, so uh, our kids program was never all that strong. And then like, maybe like two years ago, I started getting more involved with it. Uh, yeah, probably two years ago now. I started getting more involved with it. And like, we, we kind of, we did like a, like a ranked rash card system yeah, for I've the adults. That. And then we did them for the kids at the same time. And honestly, it didn't, it didn't work out as well as we had hoped it would because there's so much, there's only so many colors. Like how do you, how do you go from like, you know, from like, you know, we start kids at, uh, at four, right? How do you take kid from four and put them like say 15 or 16, 11 years. And there's only four ranks, you know, it's like, it's so hard to, you know, make them go four years before they get another rash guard. Um, so like, uh, back in this, we plan on doing it in the spring, right? Right around COVID time, we'll switch it over to gi. 
Um, but like two years ago, I started running like a, our three to six year old class. And, um, and that's been awesome. That's been great. Uh, and we did that with the gi. So then we've kind of migrated all of our other kids into a gi program as well. And that seems to be working out way, way better. Um, we're doing like the, like the 12 stripe system basically. So it's like every month, basically we set out a curriculum. Okay. We do these five lessons and then a couple of reviews days and practice, whatever. And then we do like two testing days. And, uh, so every month we do some kind of stripe test and they get like, you know, they go for white stripes for red stripes. So we started, we started, you know, trying to grow our kids program. Our kids program has done way better since we made the switch from no gi to gi. And we started doing like the, the 12 stripe system, but our, our definitely our biggest program for sure is our, like our adult no gi grappling class. You know, I think it's like definitely partially a little bit because I teach a lot of those classes. So I get a lot of people that come to my gym, they want to train with me. So I think that right. that's definitely part of it. Um, but we have like, we have a ton of fighters that come through. We have like a, a good MMA program. Um, but mostly no gi is, is like our bread butter for the most part with other jujitsu gyms and boxing gyms, MMA gyms in the area. What do you think is your competitive advantage with finding customers, keeping them? What makes you guys different? Um, so I don't really do anything for advertising aside from like our guys fighting, you know, our guys fight for the UFC or guys do well locally or whatever. So like, that's really all we really do advertising wise. Um, one thing that we did, so like I was, so obviously Facebook ads are awesome, right? Like I don't think anyone can dispute that Facebook ads work. Like they're great. Um, but you gotta have someone that's like really keeping an eye on it and like, you know, you know, understands what they're doing. You can't just run a Facebook ad and think it's going to, it's going to work. Right. There's, there's so much to it. So, um, but in the beginning, again, that wasn't something I had a lot of uh, experience with. So I hired someone to do Facebook ads for us and it was great for the first couple months, but then we had like two months in a row where like, it just tanked. We were spending like, we're, we're paying them like 500 bucks to manage the ads. I think our, 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 our ad money was like another 500 bucks. So spending a thousand dollars a month. And, um, and it just, like the first couple months it did okay. But then like two months ago, we got like very, very few leads. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like we're kind of wasting this money a little bit. Like, it's like, I'm spending this money on Facebook ads. And if it was being, um, it's being fruitful, then I have no problem spending the money. But, but it, it just, it wasn't. So like, it just so happened at the time, one of my guys, uh, Pete Heiler, uh, so he's like, Hey, my brother, my brother is like, um, he's like pretty creative. He did, like makes all his own music and stuff like that, but he's really good at making videos and things like that. He, you know, he, he specializes in social media stuff. You've been shooting, you know, he, he wants to talk to you. So I talked to him and I talked to Nick and he, he tries to sell me like, cause of course he's not a sales guy. Right. So, but he tries to tell me about like, he tries to sell me on this, like this, this social media management package is like, it's like $2,000 a month. I'm like, dude, I don't need, I don't need that much. You know what I mean? Like what he's talking about, you know? So we worked it out and I basically decided, you know what, I'm going to take my, my, my thousand dollars a month that I'm spending on Facebook ads and I'm going to, I'm going to pay him for that. And then, uh, instead of him, you know, running Facebook ads, we're going to just try and focus on organic content. You know, he's going to come in, he's going to photograph all my classes, you know, just take photos of all the classes all the time. He's going to, you know, shoot videos. He's getting me videos all the time. And that's how we're going to kind of work it. And for us, it has been dynamite. It has been so much better because, because the base thing that happens is like, so Nick, you know, he come in and he'll get like 200 photos. You know, he'll come in, he'll, he'll, you know, you know, photograph like two or three classes in a row. He'll get like two, 300 photos. And then we take all the photos. They get quickly, you know, adjusted with, you know, for lighting and things like that. We watermark them. We upload them all. We just dump them all in our Facebook groups. And then people love to see themselves train. It's like, oh, that's a great photo of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, they all take their photo. And they post it on their social media. They post it on their Facebook. They post it on their Instagram. And then, you know, so then I was like, oh, you train, you do kickboxing? Where do you do that? That's awesome. Oh, I train at Lowe's on MMA. This is what we do. Right. Boom. So it's just like, 
I was because for years and years, almost all of our, we, we did very little advertising before the Facebook ads. We did like zero advertising. You know, we do like, you know, the big th decision we have every year is like, Oh, we can do yellow book this year. It's like $400. Like, do we want to spend that money? Do we not want to spend that money? Um, but it was always through word of mouth. So I'm like, okay, this is like, this is, this is word of mouth, like amplified so much. Yep. People are going to see, you know, it's a, it's a nice gym. It's clean. Uh, there's like diverse, you know, population. It's not all a whole bunch of guys that are like jacked with shaved heads that are just meatheads like banging it out with each other. You know, you got like girls doing jujitsu and you got this, this little guy and you get this big guy, just like, uh, this guy's overweight and all sorts of stuff. So it's like, um, so that's, what's worked out so much better for us. Like, I feel like, uh, there's definitely Facebook ads hundred percent work, but you gotta, you gotta really keep an eye on it. Um, and Facebook ads, you can be, I think a little bit more precise. If you're looking for moms for a women's bootcamp class, Facebook is great because you can target them and you can go after them. Right. But if you're looking for just overall people and awareness, you know, that's, it's just crushing it for us doing photos like that. For the people that are listening, real easy takeaway, right? We all got a Facebook group. We all got a friend that takes pictures, pay them a hundred bucks a week or whatever, and have them come yep. in, snap 200 photos, tell them yep. their goal is to take a photo of every single person, put it in your Facebook group, watermark it, like you said, yep. and then get amazing word of mouth referrals. Nick Heiler is the guy that does it for us. Uh, and he's great. And he's gone. I can't tell you how much work, how many things have come off of doing stuff for us. Right. You know what I mean? Because like he does good stuff. And I just, I tell everyone, look, I, I use this guy, Nick. He's blown up our business. He's done so well for us. He's easy to work with. He's got awful spelling. I tell him like, you have to double check his spelling. Like everything's like, if you don't check it, I guarantee it's like, it's like, it's almost like he tries to spell it wrong. Um, but he's awesome at everything else. Like the creative side of things is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, I talked to him throughout the week. Like I, I, I text him this morning. Like I, like it's crappy weather. So I shot like a little 15 second video on my phone. Like, ah, oh, it's snowing and sleeping. I'm like, ah, oh, crappy weather. I'm glad I got this hoodie though. We're selling them at the gym, 55 bucks. So I sent him a, like a short little video. Right. And it's easy because like I could do all the social media management. I could do a hundred percent. I can right. do it. I can do a great job with it. Right. But it's just the timeliness of it. I don't want to be doing, it. I don't want to be editing a video. I don't want to do this. Like I'm like, I'll shoot a video on my phone. I send it off to Nick. Nick watermark it. He'll do whatever. He'll do the hashtags. He'll post it. He'll post all these different places. Um, it just, it's, it, it saves so much time. It's like stuff that I could do, but just stuff I just don't want to do. Um, and like, he'll talk to other people. He gets, like, he gets, comes up with all his own awesome ideas and content. And like, he loves making memes and funny videos and all that kind of stuff. You know, like if, if our Facebook and Instagram was nothing but like me covered in blood from a fighting, like what, that's not going to attract anyone. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, it's more about just kind of being fun and having, having a good time with it. Because I think that for MMA gyms in particular, people kind of are a little intimidated to walk in because they think that it's going to be fight club. They think they're going to walk in and someone's going to kick them in the neck, you know? Um, and, but it's not, it's not like that. You know, like, it's not, it's not like that. It's like, it's, it's mostly like moms and dads and like high school kids and college athletes and former wrestlers. And like, we got like such a diverse group. Um, and I feel like that's what every school should be after. Every school should be after a diverse group. Like no one wants Correct. to be like, Oh, I only want, I only want super committed fighters that, you know, don't have any money. Like, okay, well that's not going to last. That's not going to do you any good. You know, you don't want all moms, you don't want all dads, but you want that good mix. On that same note is, so teams, you got your marketing team, the social media guy, Nick, but how many instructors do you have on your team? And then how do you develop them? That's a big thing. So just because someone's good doesn't mean they're a good instructor, right? Just like, so just because someone's a good competitor doesn't mean they're going to be a good instructor. Like, um, so it kind of, you got to kind of get a feeling for it a little bit. Like, I think it's like, it's a little bit hard to it's hard to take someone that's like a good personality, but has 
you know, crappy jujitsu and teach them jujitsu and have them be a good instructor. Right. But you can definitely try to shape your guys that like, you know, are, are good competitors are good, you know, just technical. They have, they have the information. And it's, I think it's a little easier to teach them, you know, shape them into like a better teacher. So that's what we try to do. So we have a couple people that like, um, we have a few people that we pay to run classes and you know, like they run, you know, multiple classes. They might run four or five classes in the course of a week and we pay those guys. Uh, but then we also have a whole bunch of guys that like they run like one class a week, but that's just basically just like a trade. You know, like it's like, you know, we, 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 we let them train at the gym, we comp them a membership and they teach that class. And honestly, I think it, it works out a little bit better when you pay people because then it, like it, it just, it, it makes it a little bit easier instead of like when someone doesn't show up or they get, they need coverage or whatever. It's like, it's a little bit more cut and dry. Whereas it's like, Oh, like, well, you run classes for us and then you don't pay us. And it's just, it's a little too informal, I think sometimes, but all of our guys that, that have that kind of deal, they've been around with us for like for so long that it's, it's never really been a problem. Um, but I think that it could, that's definitely like a, a, a problem that people go right into. Like if I was, if I were going to, when I'm going to hire more instructors now, when I need extra, I would much rather pay them for the classes and have them pay me, you know? So it's like, okay, well they pay me whatever they can pay me a month. And then we'll pay them on the, and it'll, it'll be somewhat wash, but at least it's a little bit more cut and dry on what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it's weird how you structure that stuff, like the psychology around it. People behave differently, even if they're paying you 150 bucks a month for membership and you turn around, you pay them 300 for whatever, you know, their contribution yep. to them. They see all they see is the 300. They right. forget about 50. Yep. And, and, and it, and it should be, it really is two different things. Like it shouldn't be a wash necessarily. I think it's, I think it's better when it's that way. Um, you know, like if someone, you know, they take off or, you know, like all oh, my work schedule changed, I can't do anything. Like, okay, that's fine. Well, it's, it's, it's cut and dry. Okay. If they're going to train, they're still going to pay. And if they're not going to teach classes, we're not going to pay them. You know, it's just, it's a little bit more, um, a little bit more formal, um, which I think is a little bit better because it's like, it's, it's already kind of a, it already gets kind of like uncomfortable gray zone sometimes with people when it's like your friends, but your students, it's just like, it gets a little hard when you start yeah. in business, it gets, it gets tougher. So. So you got a few full-time people that are teaching your classes yep. where you're paying them paid students. Yep. And then you've got a handful of other people that are coming in. You're doing a trade, right? Yep. Yep. What percent of the class would you say you're teaching as opposed to your employees? So I teach, I teach 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's my no classes. So I teach six of those. And then I teach two tiny which are three to six year olds. So I teach eight classes a week right now. And then Usually I teach Tuesday night and Saturday morning. So usually I'm like 10 or 11 classes a week. Um, so it's not terrible. And, and actually, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not terrible. Like it's, and it's, it's mostly like I'm at the point now where like I have like, I have a lot of students. So I have like a, a decent number of staff. So I'm able to kind of just teach when I want to teach. You know, like, so I, I always teach like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm always here. My 10 o'clock, my 11 o'clock, I'm always here for those. Um, but after that, it's kind of like, I have people that can cover people can do whatever, you know, like I, I want to be there Tuesday right. and Saturday for the team training guys, like our guys getting for fights. Um, and that's like a little bit less formal. It's not so much me teaching a class as much as kind of like running a workout and like jumping in and sparring and training with guys. And so I get my own training during that time. Um, but it's like, those are like the times I have that I generally run myself. You know, like, I, I think that some people like, like they build up a school and they, they, they teach awesome classes. They, they, they have like the perfect like demeanor. They, they build relationships with other, their students. Uh, I have some friends that have schools like this, right? And they do awesome, right? But everyone like they're so used to that one person. It's so hard. They, can't, they can never take a vacation. They can never take time off. They're always like, they're always on the hook. Um, so like my, my day guys, my, my Monday was a Friday guys are like that with me a little bit. 
but after that we, we're constantly shuffle around the schedule a little bit with instructors and kind of we try to make changes like like maybe not every once a year but like maybe every 10 months eight months something like that we try to move instructors around a little bit just because if someone's coming to my classes i might be good at these few things but there might be someone else that like they, they've gotten most of what they're going to get out of me in the short term and now like they're going to get the most of what they can out of say chris or you know talbot or whoever else you know, like it's it's good to kind of have that variety of instructors and in the way i run classes a little different than this person so um i think that the variety is 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 good and it, it keeps flexible for me because i don't want to like I, I like running the school i spent a lot of time running the school doing business stuff too but it's hard when you have to be here for you know 15 classes a week and you know it's it's hard to get other things done even the students they create, we all crave change. We all yes. want that kind of yep. in our mind every year, you know, they're changing up the schedule. They're changing yep. up instructors because they understand that people get stagnant pretty, you know, a year is not that long. So yep. I've heard that also as well. Good advice. And just personalities too. Sometimes like maybe you can only make Monday, Wednesday and you kind of like this instructor. He's okay, but he's not great. But then someone else rotates in and like, Oh, I, I connect with that guy so much better, you know? And then like, when it, when it changes again and that instructor goes to like, say Tuesday, Thursday, well, you change your work schedule. You make, you, you move whatever pieces you have to, so you can get to those times. It's just like, I think getting exposed to a lot of different people is, is so, is so helpful. So useful, you know? Yep. It helps. So you talk about running business stuff. So onboarding and intro process is a big thing in our industry. Yep. I think yep. everyone's got their own thing. Can you walk us through what your intro process looks like? What's the length? Do you make them paid? Is it free? So from, from obviously, so obviously from a business perspective, right? Like, you know, everyone hates to, everyone hates it when they go to the website, but it gets so important for the, for every martial arts school to do and so many businesses is don't give them a schedule right away. Make them give you their email and their phone number, right? Because if someone gives me the email and phone number, then I know that they're, they know that I'm going to call and email them, right? They're not giving me their phone number and they're going to be pissed when I call, right? They know that. So you're kind of, you're kind of filtering out the, the, the people that are kind of interested, but not really. Um, and so you're, you know, you have a more focused effort on the people that are actually going to train. Um, and there's so many times where like, I get, a, I get a number on my phone and it starts buzzing and I'm like, Oh, like, I, I don't know the number. So I, I, I don't take it. Right. And I leave me a voicemail. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was that martial arts school. I, I was trying to get information on, you know? And then like, I try to remember for next time, but then it happens again. And like, I, I don't pick up again. And like, eventually we'll connect and we'll figure it out and whatever. Same thing with like texting and emailing and all that other stuff. So, um, I think that's like really important. And then we basically, we, we call them or, or text them and we basically alternate mornings and nights, you know, and then they text one day, call the next day, text one day, call the next day. And we'll, again, we'll alternate morning and night. Um, and we do that for like two weeks or so. And like, we do that, like, you know, pretty much, you know, not nonstop, but like we're, we're, we're staying on them pretty actively for like two weeks. And then after like a month, we'll send them like an email that, Hey, you still interested in martial arts. And then a little bit later, we'll send it again. And, you know, like, and, and either they're, they're still interested and they're just, they're busy, right? Because I know that's how I am. I get so busy. I'm doing things. It's like, oh, I really want to do this. I'm sorry. I'm being an asshole and I'm avoiding you. But, like, I really do want to train. I just, like, I've just been busy right now. So, like, I feel like a lot of people are, are the exact same way, you know? So, um, so that's generally what we do. Uh, we also have, like, this whole, like, nurture sequence we send them. So, like, I try to come up with, like, the, the things that I thought that, like, I wish I knew when I first started training. Like, oh, why am I getting so tired? Or what's, you know, how do I not get hurt? Or how do I get out of this? Or how do I do this? Or what's this big mistake? Or why does this keep happening? Um, so I, I have like this whole, I, I filmed like really, really short little videos. So I did, I'm, I'm pretty big about data, right? We're talking about how I was a computer science guy. So I, I basically figured out, you know, over the course of like nine months, every single lead that came in, we would add to an Excel sheet. And, I, and we use Spark now for billing. 
But before we use Spark, I use an Excel sheet. And Andy would basically have like day one text, day two call, day three text, day four call, whatever it was. And we keep track of it. We'd write notes for them, all that other stuff. And we basically, you know, we would grade that each contact, we would grade them. Okay, did we get an intro appointment? Yes or no. Did, we, did they show up? Yes or no. Did they sign up? Yes or no. And if they didn't sign up, what was the problem? And so like I had all that data for like almost a year. It was like 10 months or something like that. And I figured out like where I was losing people. Like, you know, so like almost everyone that, um, like if we had like, say it was a thousand people, right? A thousand people gave us their information, you know, like of that thousand people, we had like 300 people made appointments and like 290 signed up roughly say, right? So, um, so to me, the biggest loss was like the, we were losing like 700. Those are people that we, we, we called, but we never, ever got them to make an appointment, right? That was just like, and every business is going to be a little differently on, on where your gaps are, right? Based on what you're right. doing. Um, so for me, like that was our biggest thing. So if I could take that, because our, our thousand was immediately cut down to 300 and 700 was just wasted. We weren't, we were never getting traction with them. So what I did is I, I filmed a whole bunch of um, like short little, like one minute videos about, like I said, like, like, I think I filmed like, I think it was like 23 videos uh, of like one minute videos. And it was just like super basic. The very first thing was like, you know, here's the number one way to not get hurt. When you're training, this is the number one thing you can do to not get hurt. And I just explained tapping out. I'm like, you tap out. The second you don't like something, you tap out. It's no big deal. Like, that's just what you do. Can't actually tap, yell, scream, whatever you to do. Like, it's the person that you're going with would much rather you yell and not get hurt than for you to silently get your arm broken. Right? It's like, just like, you know, somebody, I did a whole bunch of videos on that. I talked about like two-on-one control. I talked about, you know, tucking your chin for guillotines and people grab your neck. I talked about like, oh, if someone's trying to sweep you, if you know they're going to sweep you to your right, don't wait for them to already be sweeping you, you know, start like putting up a little bit of base and defense, you know? So like i filmed a whole bunch of videos like that. Like I said, one minute videos and I put them on our, our market muscles website. Mark, we use market muscles for our website, which is awesome. Um, so I, I set up these landing pages on market muscles. So like I would email them, you know, like this, this nurture email sequence, they get this email and send them to this video and this video, it's like a one minute video and it's in the videos. I feel like the videos were all pretty good. They're all short. So like, it's not like you're trying to like, I hate it when I click on videos. Like, Oh, it's a seven minute video. I don't have seven minutes. So, you know, like I pretty much always have a minute. I'm going to watch any video. It's a minute. And, um, so in every single time there was like that, that video was there. And then underneath it was always a banner. Like, Oh, have you scheduled your one-on-one intro lesson with us yet? Here's the three things like you should do. And then under that video, I, I broke it down into three points for each one. And so based on you just doing that alone, it, it drove our appointments through the roof. I think we went from like, uh, if we had a thousand, instead of having like 300 people actually, you know, made intro points, I think we got like 600 intro appointments, right? Which right. just, it made, it made, like, it was something super simple. I literally spent like, um, so it was 23, like one minute videos, but I think I spent like an hour and a half here, filmed a whole bunch of videos, edited them a little bit, took a little time, make the landing pages, you know, but I probably spent like maybe five hours total and I doubled all my leads that were, right. that were coming in and signing up. And if, and it was pretty much the point where like, if, if they, if they came in for the intro appointment, they almost always signed up. So I basically doubled my, my, my signups from spending, you know, four or five hours. It was easy. <laughs> Dojo owners there. We're always looking at what other people are doing. I've been on those landing pages of yours and I've been like, man, these are great. It is. So I spent like, uh, so I said five, six hours. I probably spent probably 10 hours though, like tweaking that landing page. Right. Because right. I knew, I knew I was going to go make like 30 of them. You know, I don't want to go and make, uh, I effed up this, this font size. I should have changed this. I should have made this better. You know, so I spent like so much time on those landing pages. Um, but now it's easy. Cause now I have it. I can make a, I can make a little adjustment. And I just, I'm going to make them, I'm going to redo them all now pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so easy to do them though. You know, it was all like super simple videos 
but all things that, you know, it's like stuff you're going to teach someone in the first month anyways. Right. So it was easy to just like, oh, so we're almost going to preframe like, oh, I know you guys are going to come and do your intro lesson. This is Andy. Andy's going to call you. Just a little video of Andy talking for a second. Like, oh, you know, Andy's right. going to give you a call. You know, he's, he's a little ugly, but you know, don't worry about it. He's, he's really nice. He's going to come in. He'll do your, your one-on-one intro. He's been training for a long time. He's had a professional fight. Got a whole bunch of personal fights. He's done professional boxing. Been training as long as I have. One of my really good friends. He's here at the gym all the time. And it was just He's like an awesome guy. a good icebreaker, you know, like, but it just, it made such a difference for me. It just, it was, it was something that was easy to do. They had like huge, huge results. Like people spend like, I would have spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars every single year trying to double my Facebook ads. And instead I spent like three, four hours and banged it up. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you talk about your intro process, right? So you get a lead that comes in, Yep. you schedule an intro. What does the intro look like? Do you go through actual technical stuff? Do you walk them through the program? Um, so we, we do like, so we basically schedule, so it's like a 30 minute, uh, intro lesson, but realistic training, it's probably only like 10 minutes actually training. You know, a lot of it's, you know, getting them to fill out the waiver, giving them a tour of the gym. Um, we give them the intro lesson and then talking to them about pricing if they want to sign up, you know? So, um, so it's probably like a 30, it's, it's 30 minutes from, from when they walk in the door to when they walk out the door, but there's only probably 10 minutes of actual training. And the big thing we did is like, you know, for all of our, like all of our jujitsu guys, right? That interested in training the gi, they get the same intro lesson every single time, right? So Andy gets bored to tears of doing the intro lesson because he teaches the same lesson so many times a week, but, but he gets it's, good at it's it. always the first time for them, right? It, that's what it's for. It's always the first time for them. It doesn't matter, you know, so like um, for like no gi grappling, for example, right? Like we don't do anything that's hard. You know, we talk about like, we teach them like a right naked choke and we just talk about how like, you know, the intricacies of like, you know, keeping the elbow in the mid, like right under the, under the jaw, under the chin and not being off to the side. And this is why we're here. And then we grab the bicep and we block here and we bring our head on the head on the top. Like, it's just like super, super basic mechanics and fundamentals. It's not even so much doing moves. Um, it's more so like pieces of moves and just kind of letting them understand like the, the, the main concepts of jiu-jitsu, right? If you ask me jiu-jitsu, like what's the main concept? Okay. It's like, it's using your entire body against, you know, you can be the smaller guy and using your entire body against someone who's bigger against like something that's isolated in their body. Like that's like, but like super simplified right. jiu-jitsu. That's how I would explain it. So we give them a couple moves that kind of show that. Um, and then for, for like boxing, kickboxing, you know, the, the simplest thing is that we teach them how to wrap their hands. And we have a video that we send them. That's like one of the nurture videos. We send them a video about how to wrap their hands. Um, we teach them about uh, what kind of gloves they want to have. So they're not showing up with like 12 ounce fight gloves with lace up and everything else. Like, oh, you want, you want 16 ounce, you know, hook and loop gloves because you're easy to put on. You want gloves that if you're going to spar, you want gloves that are made for sparring. Um, you don't want bad gloves. They're going to bust up people's faces. Um, and then we teach them like just super basic footwork of like how to go forward, how to go left, how to go right, da, 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 all this other stuff. And then keeping their hands up. And as they, you know, as they, as they, they punch, you know, step in their feet a tiny little bit, like super, super like bare bones, basic. Like we try to think of like, okay, if you were just going to show like your buddy something super basic about training, what would you show them to kind of explain Right. And we try to do the same in, in every boxing lesson, the exact same. And he does the exact same boxing, kickboxing lesson, the exact same way. So we basically have like um, a, no-gi, a no-gi lesson we do. We have a kickboxing lesson we do. We have a, a, a BJJ lesson we do with the gi. And then for kids, we don't even, it's not even a lesson. It's like an eval, which is almost like it's a mini class, right? We like, we, put, we line them up on the wall, have them run circles. We get a couple exercises to do, like bear crawls, a couple other things. Um, basically just see if they're going to respond appropriately you get some kids that come in to complete maniacs like there's no way i'm letting this kid in my in our class he's just gonna create havoc like it's not like i don't want that one membership 
I, I don't want that, 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 that person's money. He's going to cause so much chaos, you know? So we do an eval process. And then if the kid makes it the eval process and does pretty well, then we let him go into the class. If he doesn't get through the eval process, he will never get into class. After someone goes through an intro, do you like, do you have them say, Hey, this is a membership, pick a membership, or do you do like trial stuff from there? Uh, so we don't even try to do trials anymore. So like we'll, we'll downsell the trials. So like we try to get people to sign up and we did like the, um, the, the flip book, like the pricing flip book. So we talk about like, you know, so our, our, our adult memberships, we need two classes, four classes are unlimited. Right. We have some people that take like 10, 11 classes in a week. It's like, I'm like, tell them like, go home. I should be charging them rent. You know? So like those are the guys that do unlimited. Um, most people like, you know, like they some people do do intro right off the bat. They just do the two classes. A lot of people do the four classes, uh, but we have a lot of people do unlimited too. So we try to, we, we, we figure out what it is they're interested in doing. And then if they want the two, they want the four, the unlimited, we talk, you know, we kind of, you know, just from talking to them, we kind of figure out what, what they're looking for. If they're like, Oh, I want to do, I want to do grappling and kickboxing. Right. Well, then I know that the two classes isn't going to work for them because they can do one of each. They're never going to get anywhere. You know? So we tell right. them like, Oh, you do, you have to do the four of the unlimited, you know, what are you thinking? And then, um, and then we give them four different pricing options based on that. Right. So we give them like, it's like the, so Chris Rodriguez runs uh Jitsu university and we, oh, yeah. and this is off our, all her stuff with the flipbook stuff. So it's like option a is like, they basically, you know, save 20%, but they pay the entire agreement upfront. Option B is like, they save 15% and they have like a bigger down payment of like three ninety nine. or option C is like, okay, it's, you know, two ninety nine down or option D is like one ninety nine down. So it's like, a typical option D thing would be like, okay, you're 199 for your first month. And then you're like 135 a month after that. And that's right. your two classes, you know? So like we, we kind of, but it's all, it's only like a three and minus. So we just flip it through. We show them all the options. You know, it gives like, here's option A. It lists all the things. Here's option B. Here's all the things. Here's option C. It lists all the things. Here's option D. It lists all the things. Then the last page is like, it shows all the, all the options right there. And it's so much easier. Like it's, it's, it's kind of confusing. I think for anyone, when you start just like throwing numbers at them, oh, yeah. when you give them, when you give them a sheet that has everything listed, it's like, so you give them, you know, option A, a here's a breakdown. D. Yep. Exactly. It's just, it's a lot easier. So we do it like that. And, and if they really are hesitant, then we'll try and sell them on and like, you know, we'll be like, Oh, you know, like maybe we won't, maybe we won't offer the option. If we think they're probably going to, they're really close. We're only going to offer a trial. But if they, if they, if they, you know, it seems like we're kind of far off then we'll offer a trial. Like we'll do like a three class trial for like 20 bucks or something like that. Right. And we go there. Um, cool. One of the things we do is we try to um, waive the sign up fee if they sign up on the spot too. Right. It's okay. You're going to be 199 as a sign up fee. If you option D uh, and then you're 135 for your first month. But if you sign up right now, we'll just waive that sign up fee that 199 and you just pay the 135 and then you're good to go. And a lot of people, right. um, almost everyone just jumps at that. Just it's like, Oh, I saved $200. Right. And then we give them part of the, and then when they do the sign up package, we either give them, um, they get to choose either we give them a gi, we give them gloves and wraps or we give them a ration. Mm -hmm. I know Chris, she's a, she's an absolute animal. She's got so much, Best. so yeah. much knowledge. Yeah. I've never she's worked with her, personally, but Oh dude, you could tell she's got Maya, you know, she's working that angle. She's got yep. Jitsu university. She's got her dojo. So I did, I started that. with, I started with Jitsu university with her. Just because mm -hmm. I've, I've known Chris for like, I don't know, like 15 years. I've known her for a long time. And then maybe not 15, maybe 13 years. Um, but I'm, I'm good friends with Matt Arroyo. And Arroyo always tells me, like, if you need, if you need to do your kids program better, this is who you got to talk to. Midget has it, like, nickname is Midget, Chris Rodriguez. So, but Chris, like, she's like, if you need to work on your, your kids program, like, Chris is the person to talk to. So when I, 
like two years ago when I get more serious about my kids program, I talked to Chris, I set up a Jitsu university and then we had awesome results from it. it just, everything went so much better than it had been going. Uh, and then I signed up for her, her like next level up, which is like a team, which is like, that's like, a, we do like a, a coaching call every two weeks. Uh, it's just, it's, it's been super, super helpful for us. I got to have her on the show then. That's one she's of my great. last questions. Good luck. Good luck getting her time. Like, oh, it's all dude, hard. I'm she's, sure. She's hustling all the time. She's always got I'm, something going on. I'm sure. I know you got to leave in a few minutes here. So I wanted to just bang through some questions that I know that people are going to want answers to. You already talked about what you outsource. You outsource your website to market muscles. They got to be the biggest player in the game for the. It's awesome. And they're coming site. out with a, they're coming out with a new billing software too, which is going to oh, be awesome. Pulse. I, I'm on that email list and yep. <laughs> I'm counting the days. I, I know it. you're in the beta or something. It's going to be good. And uh, so right now you use Spark, but Pulse is coming out. You were saying yep. you use social media with your buddy, Nick. Are there any other like things in your kind of tech stack that you use to run the, the business? Uh, Canva has been huge, especially okay. during all the COVID stuff. So Canva, C-A-N-V-A.com. Um, so we use it for flyers and social media posts and all kinds of other stuff. So like the biggest thing is I can basically I can create templates with it and it's super easy for me to just drop photos in. So like during all the COVID stuff, we were doing like weekly challenges with the kids and I was making up like, like every single day I had like a different challenge for the kids, It'd be like a physical challenge and like some kind of chore they should do. And the parents loved it. It was like, we kept so many parents paying through, throughout all COVID. And right. in the beginning, we weren't even doing zoom classes. We we're just doing the challenges. And um, we kept so many people like, like we don't even care about classes anymore. We just keep these challenges coming, you know? And like, I use Canva and I just, like, it was so easy for me to just to make, you know, like I would basically make seven of them at a time. So seven days, so I make, you know, Sunday, Monday, every single day I would post them all, you know, I would, I would post, you know, every single day I would schedule them all just with Facebook, but it was right. so easy just to kind of make them all. But Canva has been huge. That's like the other, that's kind of another secret weapon right now. Um, I used to do everything. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very good in Photoshop, but I, I don't even use Photoshop most of the time anymore. Right. And it's about being timely. Yes. You just got to get it done. You got to get it out. And if you, if you just doctor it too much, you get, yeah. you just get caught up. Yeah. And the thing about Canva is like, I can make, like, I could, I could do like a, a post with a quote on there and that's fine. I, but I can easily duplicate it super easily. I literally click one button. It duplicates right. it a whole bunch of times. And then you just drop a different photo in, you change the quote, drop a different photo, change the quote, drop a different quote, you know, whatever. And then next, you know, you have like 22 quotes and things and you just schedule them all on Instagram and they go, all, you know, whatever time. So it's, it's right. really good. Last question here, because I know you got to jump on the mat. If you could do uh, one thing different from the start, if you kind of had some sage advice for people, what would it be? It depends what you want to do. You know, like if if I were if I were starting like fresh with no without having what I have now, I would focus on kids because they don't need showers, they don't need bathrooms, they don't not nearly as much, right? I would focus on kids, and I would really just like. I would try to like break it up. So I go like a Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and do some kind of upgrade for Friday and a further upgrade for Saturday. And I would really just focus on that. And I feel like if I was just trying to just make money and just try to like, you know, get my gym started, cause you can't, you can't do what you want with the gym until your gym is profitable. Right. So if you focus on what you want to do, you're not going to make any money and you're always going to be kind of chasing your tail. Whereas if you can get the gym a little bit profitable to start with, that's going to give you some opportunity to do the things you want to do. So I think someone that's starting out like focus on kids right off the bat, um, you could start with a very small space. You could bang out a whole bunch of classes. Um, adults just, you know, they require more, more space for sure. Yep. I'm calling you from my 1200 square foot dojo right now. So yeah, I got 110. We've been in business for, you know, two and a half years now. Yeah. 
so we're, we're moving my gym right now. So we're in the process of moving the gym. We're going to be, uh, I think we'll move like the Christmas week. I think we're going to move. So we're moving from 5,000 square feet to like 7,600 square feet, yep. you know? Um, and, and we kind of, we kind of need the space because we have so many adults. We need showers. We need this, we need that. It gets, you know, but if, but you I'll bet your gym is way more profitable than, per than square my foot. gym is per square foot. hundred percent. You never know. Them. Every business is different. First off, I got to thank you a lot. This has been awesome. Problem. Everyone else who wants to learn more about you, go to Instagram, Lowe's on MMA. It's hilarious stuff. It's awesome content that you can use to kind of inspire your own business. Uh, Is there anywhere that you uh, want people to go if they want to learn more about you besides there? Uh, You check out my my Instagram, my Facebook. It's all just uh, at Joe Lozon. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, You know, whatever. I'm I'm, I'm pretty good about getting back to people. They got questions. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. I got you. No problem. All right. Thanks, bud. Take care. Later, man. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. If you like this content, I have a whole lot more where that came from. It's in the private Facebook group called the Fuji Business Community, where we talk with other martial arts business owners just like you. I've already posted different types of content like studies about the best trial combination, best CRM and billing software, and other articles. Go to the link in the show notes or email me at max at fujisports.com. You can get amazing discounts on gear for your students as well as custom gear by going to fujisports.com forward slash wholesale. If you want help building out an amazing gym or dojo with the same team that custom built Joe Rogan or Conor McGregor's own gyms, reach out to the Fuji Mats team by going to fujimats.com. See you on the next episode.